Hello everybody and welcome to my podcast. This is episode 3 of Rise and Fall of Wrestlers and today the wrestler I'll be talking about is Jinder Mahal. Now the reason about Jinder Mahal is it kind of didn't st- it didn't really rise quickly like when he first joined WWE it wasn't it didn't it didn't rise to the top but um it was just kind of there and then he got released and then out of nowhere, it just kind of rose to the top of the way, then all the way back down. So I'm just going to cover this as brief as I can. So this is the rise and fall of Jinder Mahal. So we start at the beginning. Jinder Mahal debuted in 2012, early 2012, and debuted with a gimp and debuted it, the first time I remember seeing him. We was in a suit, and um, he kind of aligned himself with the Great Curly. I remember over several weeks, he slapped the Great Curly in the face, telling him to assault his Great Curly's current manager at the time, known as Lunjan Singh. And um, the Great Curly got him in the Curly vice grip for a couple of weeks, and then eventually, Jin- and then eventually, Great Curly had like a brief heel turn for that. It lasted literally like three weeks until Great Curly had had enough of Jinder Mahal's antics. And the reason why Jinder Mahal had to listen to the Great Curly is because Great Curly was actually ma- I mean, sorry, sorry, Jinder Mahal was actually married to the Great Curly's sister, making Jinder Mahal Great Curly's brother-in-law. Meaning Great Curly felt like he had to listen to Jinder Mahal. I guess I didn't really care too much about the storyline, but I do remember it because. It- at this current point in SmackDown, I thought it was really cool. And it was in the midst of kind of the Randy Orton and uh, Christian Ravarez. So I, th- I think, I think Jinder Mahal, no, Jinder Mahal would have debuted in 2011, not 2012. But yeah, so, and then <clears throat> after after the great Kelly kind of turned first, he just, I think he beat Jinder Mahal in a couple of matches and then Jinder Mahal kind of went off on his own. He had a couple of the odd squash matches. He used a full Nelson slam for his first couple of matches to put opponents away and then he went on to use the camel clutch which is kind of like a move given to anti-american wrestlers even though Jinder Mahal is actually a Canadian in real life um, so after this Jinder Mahal he had a little program with Sheamus uh, which he lost uh, he had a rival with Ted DiBiase when he was in his weird first run I could cover a video of the rise and fall of Ted DiBiase Jr at some other point um, but yeah that, that was Jinder Mahal basically for the next um, year and he was just competing in matches on like WWE superstars, and he mostly did win his matches. To be fair, when he first joined WWE, but nothing really came out of them. If we move on to the next year of 2012, Jinder Mahal did actually find himself in the NXT ranks, and um, kind of was part of the revival of NXT. And he actually made it through a tournament for the NXT Championship, and he did fight Seth Rollins to determine who would become the first inaugural NXT champion from the current. Which which was actually from the uh, which had actually just revived itself from the from the current. Um, sorry, I don't know. My dog was barking. And um, from the current reality show that it once was, which is a fun fact, it actually did end up going to a SmackDown event, and then before the SmackDown event was taped, an NXT show was taped. So I actually got to see what the what the NXT reality show was actually like um, up close and personal, and it, it wasn't. It was pretty entertaining, to be fair. I genuinely didn't mind it, but um, it, it it wasn't it wasn't what it was what it is actually today. So Jim Mahal did kind of play a huge role in kind of what NXT is today. And had a good match with Seth Rollins, but came up short. And Seth Rollins did become the first ever NXT champion. Next up would happen was Jinder Mahal. Then kind of just floundered around the mid card. Um, he weren't picking up many victories now, to be honest with you, until um, Drew McIntyre and Heat Slater. He um, aligned himself with M2 and it formed 3MB, um, which was a 
I've kind of covered the, I've kind of covered what 3MB was all about in the in the Drew McIntyre episode if you've been watching. So I won't flounder too much on it. But 3MB was basically a job type team, but without, but I find them personally very very entertaining and a lot of fun. So um, when after 3M after um. After 3MB was um, kind of kind of after 3MB joined forces, they um they, they they had they had a couple of good matches, but then eventually just kept losing and losing and losing and just were there to make other teams look look really good. So after so after a bit, um, 3MB lasted t- for three years. I've covered what happened in the WLC, which is probably the 3MB's biggest highlight at the WLC uh, Extreme Rules 2014 pay per view on the kickoff show. But um, yeah, after three, after kind of three, three MB went up, went out, kind of randomly, and got unexpectedly. G- Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal did get released. Heath Slater, however, did not get released and still continued his WWE career up until twenty twenty. So up until this year, um, Jinder Mahal. So Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre did get released. Jinder Mahal did actually go to go back on the indie circuit. It wasn't as recognisable as Drew McIntyre was, but um, he got himself into fine, into amazing shape, and then came back in 2017 via Heat Slater. Trying to Heat Slater, he was in like the free agents gimmick, which was pretty entertaining. Again, it kind of led to the tag team championship run he had with Rhino. But anyway, back to Jinder Mahal. Um, well, Heath Slater debuted Jinder Mahal, and then I remember Mick Foley coming out saying, "Whoever wins such a match, such a match gets um, a Santa Raw." And Jinder Mahal booted Heath Slater in the face and won the match. So when Jinder Mahal actually made it to Raw, he um, portrayed he portrayed a gimmick where he was good friends with Rusev for a couple of weeks. It went absolutely nowhere, and also he played a peacekeeper backstage again. It went absolutely nowhere. And then by the time the SmackDown draft rolled around in Mahal, again, we're just losing matches even on a job of status at this point. But um, just honestly, out of nowhere, SmackDown, we're in, about, we're, in, we're in late 2016 up until 2017. So at the start of 2000, mid-2017, Jinder Mahal somehow found himself in a six-pack challenge match. Being Randy Orton, and Randy Orton was also fresh out of the Wyatt family rivalry. And uh, this six-pack challenge match was a number one contenders match to become, to um, fight Randy Orton for the... WWE Championship at the Backlash 2017 pay-per-view. Jinder Mahal somehow, somewhere, randomly found himself in the matchup and actually won the matchup and uh, became number one contender due to Singh Brothers interfer- interference, who two two people that aligned themselves with Jinder Mahal. And um, Jinder Mahal got victorious, hit his new finisher, the class, which is um it's not the greatest finisher in the world, but um it's um <laughs> it's not the worst, so um, he hit the class to Sami Zayn, I believe, pinned Sami Zayn, and now Jinder Mahal was the official number one contender for Backlash 2017. For the Dewey Championship at Backlash 2017, sorry. In this match, the match was pretty boring, it was a Randy Orton Jinder Mahal match. I don't think Randy Orton was too bothered about working with Jinder Mahal, to be honest with you, and the moves, the move sets were pretty, both pretty basic, but um, the match was fine, it, in, it involved a infamous Sim Brother botch where Randy Orton did a suplex at the Sim Brothers and the Sim Brothers did a backflip on the table and it was a pretty nasty looking bump and that's what the match is most memorable for. The crowd reaction however was really cool to just see the crowd like go whoa because Jinder Mahal did actually pick up the victory and win the WWE Championship at Backlash 2017. The match wasn't great like I said but um, the shot value was there and at this time Smackdown was 
SmackDown really was pushing the land of opportunity. It was in the land of opportunity phase. Of, um, so every, every week, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan would come out claiming SmackDown was the land of opportunity. And in a way, with Jinder Mahal kind of being the poster boy for SmackDown now, they really, really did cement, cement that fact that SmackDown really is a land of opportunity. And it was still a pretty decent show at this time. So Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal was officially WWE Champion to the shock of many fans. And that brought on the modern day Mahalaja gimmick. The best way I could pronounce that. But, um... Yeah, so Jinder Mahal in the next coming weeks, he um, he cut a couple of promos, uh, um, which were which was pretty good to say, which is pretty good to say the least. But um, it just wasn't ready for the main event status yet, and WWE just kind of strapped the rocket to him straight away. And it was, in a way, it was a quite a stupid decision. Like they had no build to the character or anything, so um, it was kind of doomed from the start. The fans didn't really care. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the fans were just—they were booing him, but I don't think they were booing him because they loved to see him as champion. They were booing him because they didn't want him to be champion. If you get what I mean. A- AKA, um, if you are, and the full the full term for that would be X Pac Heat. If you're a WWE, if you're a wrestling fan, you'd know what that meant. But um, X Pac Heat is basically where you have a, you kind of have a a, he- a heel on the roster, but the heel is getting is getting booed, but not because you love to hate him. For example, the Miz is a perfect heel because everyone loves to hate him. But then you've got people like we'll call, we'll make an example of say, Baron Corbin, who I have currently is one of my favourite wrestlers currently right now is a King Corbin gimmick, but when he was fighting fighting with Seth Rollins um, last year, the the gimmick just was not getting over and um, no one wanted to see them matches. If you get, so that's kind of what X-Pac Heat is in a nutshell. Anyway, Jinder Ma- so Jinder Mahal is champion. He, um, it, after having a match with Randy Orton in a Punjabi prison match, which resulted in a pointless return of the great Kali, um, Jinder Mahal did win the Pujabi Prism match. It was a pretty awful match, to be fair. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't as good as the previous encounters, and it wasn't a great match. And um, Randy Orton had that. I think he had two other championship opportunities, but was unsuccessful in both of them. Next up, Jinder Mahal kind of killed, and Jinder Mahal also kind of killed another superstar. I could also do a Rise and Fall episode of, and that is Shinsuke Nakamura. The reason why Shinsuke Nakamura was hot in the main roster debut, he just kind of finished a feud with Dolph Ziggler, who has been mentioned in previous videos, but I did not cover this mini feud against. Dolph Ziggler and Shinsuke Nakamura, and um, it was quite the hot prospect, but it was not. It was not the Shinsuke Nakamura I remember from NXT. He was still full, a full face this time, and everyone was behind him. But it, it, became, it came unsuccessful against Jinder Mahal. I believe it was the Money in the Bank pay per view where Jinder Mahal did actually get a victory over um, Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the WWE Championship. So at this point, Jinder Mahal had been, cha- been champion from the matches with Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura. That, that, altogether, that probably lasted like a, le- a little, about a four or five month kind of period. So um, Jinder Mahal will, had, had been a champion for quite a long time now. And he was also set for the November pay-per-view Survivor Series to face Brock Lesnar in a champion versus champion match. However, this did not happen because AJ Styles, thank God, because this AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar's match at the Survivor Series 2017 was a phenomenal, no pun intended, it was a phenomenal match. It was amazing. I would really recommend to check that out. Brock Lesnar does work well with smaller guys, and you could tell he really cared about making AJ Styles look good in AJ Styles, vice versa for Brock Lesnar. So, Jinder Mahal and, Brock, Jinder Mahal and AJ Styles um, did, fight on, did fight on a SmackDown UK taping episode, which I am gutted I was not at the, the event to watch. I've never actually got to see AJ Styles up close and personal, but they did have a fight. They had a fight in the in UK to um, in the UK for the WWE Championship, and Jinder Mahal was unsuccessful in retaining the championship. AJ Styles hit a phenomenal forearm. It was a pretty, it was a pretty decent match. I'd say probably one of Jinder Mahal's better matches as champion, um, but yeah, AJ Styles won, meaning he he go on to face. First Brock Lesnar at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. However, Jinder Mahal's heat did not completely 
Jinder Mahal's run did not completely die down because Jinder Mahal, WWE still still kind of gave him a main stage, but they kind of did this in a reverse way, and you'll find out why in a second. So AJ Styles had gone to face Brock Lesnar the Survivor Series in an amazing match, and Jinder Mahal was left with no championship anymore. And the Sim Brothers were still were still by his side and to still help him out in other matches, and he did, he did rank up some wins, and then eventually he found himself in a feud with kind of Randy Orton and Robert Roode for the US Championship, which he picked up at WrestleMania, no less. And um, got the better of, well, he pinned Robert Roode, but got the better again, taking another championship of Randy Orton, being the United States Championship at WrestleMania in 2017. Um, this kind of would have been, I think, for the Junior Jinder Mahal Championship reign, it would have been okay if maybe we gave him a mid-card championship first and worked the way up from that, but instead they gave him the big championship and then he kind of worked his way to the smaller championships. But yeah, in a very forgettable US Championship run, it lasted around just a couple of weeks and then Jinder Mahal dropped the title to Jeff Hardy and again, wanted Jinder Mahal's other better matches and Jinder Mahal and Jeff Hardy's program is, is probably the most famous for there was an infamous another botch in a Jinder Mahal match um, this time it was kind of Jinder's fault to be honest with you but um, in a match against Jeff Hardy at the Greatest Royal Rumble where Jeff Hardy went for a whisper in the wind did not connect to Jinder Mahal and Jinder Mahal sold it about 10 seconds too late like it actually did connect but um, yeah so that was the end of Jinder Mahal's title run and when he lost the US Championship it just kind of went further and further down the card and eventually when and he was doing nothing just losing matches week on a weekly basis and then when uh, Mick Foley introduced the 24-7 Championship early, earlier last year Jinder Mahal has just been a current title chaser of that ever since and he's not on programming as much as people as much as you'd like to see him so yeah that is Basically, to be honest with you, Jin, that was Jinder Mahal's championship championship run, his rise and fall back to jobber status in um, a much shorter video than the previous Dolph Ziggler video I was talking about. But yeah, so thank you very much for watching. This was the rise and fall of Jinder Mahal's championship reign and his current WWE career. But right now he's at jobber status again and he's rarely seen on on TV programming. But due to the current pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of um, superstars aren't featuring on the programming at the minute. But um, I've not, I've we've not been seeing much of Jinder Mahal. He's just been it kind of, he's just been a twenty four seven championship chase around. He's just been losing matches quite a bit. But um, however, but however, Jinder Mahal has, I, I believe, he's won a couple. Well, he did get injured, and I, now I believe he has won actually a couple of matches um, since coming back because he was in the twenty four seven. I rephrase that a little bit wrong. Sorry, he was in the twenty four seven championship picture with our truth after like just weeks and weeks of losing and then he got injured and now he's come back and he's got a new he's got a bit of a new look now he's cut off his, his long hair and um he's now actually you know somewhat he's been winning he's won, he's won the odd couple of matches which is quite surprising so you know you know i don't know jinder mahal could be going back to his old ways but i highly doubt it i think he's going to stick to where he is or maybe job of status make her status at the most but i don't think we will make the same as they can as putting putting him champion even though i am one of the few people that actually didn't mind the jinder mahal championship run for what it was it was cool to see WWE trying something new and i hope jinder mahal does find does fa does find a good a good place in his career and um you never know he could improve and become become a future champion but i do highly doubt that anyway to wrap this up so it's not as long as last time last video um i'm sorry for screwing up a little bit towards the end though but um jinder mahal as a whole um his championship one was disappointing and that was the rise and fall of jinder mahal's career um so please listen to the next episode i don't know who i'll be doing next it just kind of comes to me as i'm as i'm going through the day and i just kind of superstar appears and i feel i have to do them but um yeah so that that was that was amazing that was an amazing episode to film and um i hope i hope um you, you stay tuned for the next one thank you see you later goodbye